0: everything else grows strangely dim in light of who he is you're in a great place when everything else kind of wanes in comparison to the amazing beauty love character and nature of god that's a good place to live that's a good place to live for You know, that's a good place to live. Where God doesn't have to do any kind of a circus act or jump through hoops to get my attention. We're just kind of caught up in who he is. That's a good place to be. Amen. Good place to be. Thank you for being in church tonight. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. And yeah, you guys can go have a seat too. You could stay here if you want, but your legs might get tired. Amen. Isn't it good to be in church today? Amen. Good to be in church. I'm thankful to be here and I love getting together and uh, just seeing you and being able to bring to you the word of the Lord that I, I feel. Brother Mark, I left my water down there. Thank you. If you don't mind. Remember one time he gave me water and I almost choked to death. That was fun. Actually, I think it gave me more volume. I think that's what happened. But it's just really great to be in, at Mission Point tonight. And, uh, man, I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for your support. Amen. You know, it's crazy to consider that we've been here uh, leaning into six years and, uh, you know, working out in Quispamsis and, and just kind of grinding that out. And that's, that's been a fantastic journey. You know, we had 45 in church last Sunday, uh, which we're thankful for that. It's great, young families, it's crazy, young families, little babies, it's just great, we had 35 again today, uh, just a really great, great thing that God's doing out there, and uh, we just appreciate your support, and what you have meant to us over the, over the past few years, and I can honestly say that we would not be where we are at without uh, you folks in the church here, so we thank you for it. Uh, very much. I know I asked you to sit down, but can you stand back up one more time? These guys don't care over here. They were touching the ceiling all weekend at youth Explosion. I think. Um. John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And we're going to read verses 34 through 36. I'm going to be reading through uh, the New Living Translation. And I just, I really felt to minister to you tonight out of out of a thought that um, I administered out of before, um, I, I just really feel in my heart of hearts that the Lord really wants to just free someone this evening. I mean let you realize that there 's freedom in Jesus and you don 't have to you don 't have to live the way you 've lived your life that this 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 man named Jesus you know he wasn 't just a historical figure. Uh, he he was the son of God. Uh, he died for our sin. He rose from the dead. And I believe tonight, with all my heart, with all my heart, that Jesus wants someone to experience him this evening in a way that frees you from perhaps a prison you've been living in. God wants to free you from that. Amen? Amen. John chapter number 8, verses 34 through 36. The Bible says Jesus... He replies, and um, he says, I tell you the truth, and you could probably agree with this, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. We still believe in sin, right? Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. It simply means it controls you. It it really has an oppressive hand on you, and you, you don't want to do the things that you do, but it's like you have very little authority over it, or we'll say power over it, And Jesus confirms that in this passage. I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. I like what Jesus says here. So, I want to say so. If the son sets you free, you are truly free. Everything about Jesus, you hear me this evening, everything about Jesus is freedom. Everything. Everything about him is freedom. Amen. I'm thankful for that. And I want to minister to you from this title, prison is not home. Prison is not home. Would you set your Bibles down or whatever it is that you're following along, reading with, and would you raise your hands and you would ask God to give you the strength and courage to receive this word and apply it to your heart and let you experience the freedom of Jesus in such a dynamic fashion. Would you pray with me right now? Jesus, we love you, God, and we're thankful for your presence. We're thankful, Jesus, that we have a place to come, express our faith, to be free to worship you. God, what an atmosphere there is of your love and your presence here. And where you're here, everything that you encompass is there, is with you. And we thank you for that. The freedom of you is in this room this evening and i pray god there would be someone who would understand in in their life that they don't have to remain the same and live the same way that they have been that they can experience what true freedom is in you i thank you for it tonight jesus and give you praise in your name and everyone said amen amen Amen. turn to two or three people high five men say prison is not home Amen. Maybe some of you youth are like, you haven't been to my house. <laughs> you talk to the warden, that, you know. She, don't call your mom the warden. That's not, that'll get you, it will become prison quickly. And the food's horrible and it's just, you just don't want to do that. Don't call your mom the warden. Um, prison is not your home. I want to bring your attention to a, a story in the Bible and it's, it's also found, it's found in Luke chapter 4. And it's a story of when Jesus is coming out of what the Bible calls it the wilderness. It's a place he went for 40 days, and in that 40-day period, he's praying and fasting, and he's really kind of coming to terms with his his nature and calling to be our Savior. He's really just, he, it's, it's after this wilderness experience that Jesus begins to minister to the full capacity that we see him in the New Testament, and Jesus goes through a wilderness experience, he goes through a time of testing, he goes through a time that's trying, he goes through a time when he's vulnerable, he experiences this, and uh, I, I look at that verse of scripture, this passage in Luke four, and I look at it and um, it brings me a, a sense of uh, peace and acceptance with the things I've had to deal with, that Jesus himself knows what it's like to go through a time that feels like a wilderness experience. How many can you be honest with yourself right now and you'd say, I could tell you my wilderness experience. I could tell you of a season of my life that was very trying. I could tell you of a time in my own walk with with the Lord where it felt like it was just test after test and it was hardship after hardship and it was a very trying moment, very trying time, who knows how long it lasted, but Jesus experienced the exact same kind of experience he's not disconnected from your hurt and disconnected from how you might feel he knows what it's like to feel the pressure of a trial and a test in a difficult situation and that also is what makes him so worshipable we can worship him because he just knows and he gets us amen he he gets us worshipable is that a word Don't Google that. All right. Don't fact-check me. Listen, we live in a world you can fact-check me. You probably already did. Someone already did. You know, in the comments online, if that's not a word, just don't don't hurt my feelings and tell me it's not a word. But Jesus knows what it's like to live in through times of trying. So we're we're picking the story up after Jesus kind of comes through his wilderness experience and he, he, he does something very powerful here. We're gonna paint a picture of for you tonight, hopefully, of exactly what Jesus wants us to think of him as. And when you leave here this evening, you're gonna know a little bit about the nature of Christ and what it is he is presenting you. Because every time you come to Jesus, he presents opportunity to you, amen? He presents himself to you. So after his wilderness experience of being tempted and tried by the devil and becoming victorious in all of that, we find the Bible, Pick it up in verse 14 of Luke chapter 4, and the Bible says that after the wilderness experience, Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Spirit's power. Now, you can come out of your season of trying full of Spirit, okay? Amen? You can, just like Jesus did. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region, and he taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. And he comes to a village of Nazareth, his boyhood home. He's going home. Isn't that fun? <laughs> he's going. If you ever been home, away from home for a long time? I don't know. I, I, I've been away from home for a few years, and I get this like, oh, I'm going home. Like when I go back to visit, it's like, oh, I'm going, I'm going home. Ever had that? Thank you, sister, for not making me feel completely left out up here. He's going home, and he's going to his boyhood home. And he went, uh, as usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he stands up to read the scriptures. And the Bible says the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet was handed to him, and he unrolls the scroll, scroll, and he found the place where this was written. And I feel like when Jesus read these words, he had some like oomph in his voice. I feel like when he read this, it wasn't like monotone and, and real boring, I think when he read this, there was, there was probably an expression of joy on his face. There was probably excitement in his tone. Uh, there was a sense of, I'm excited to read this passage because I'm about to read something that's going to blow your mind and completely change the world as we know it. This is going to change everything. Can you turn my microphone up, please? Please. What Jesus was about to say to everyone at the synagogue that day was, you're about to have your worlds made better by what I'm about to say to you right now. And this is what he says. He reads this. Now you tell me how do you think Jesus read this? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus reads this at the synagogue that day to confirm exactly who he was to those people and to us today, that when he reads this passage of scripture, he's setting the record straight that he's come for one reason and one reason alone, and that's to give freedom to mankind. To give people a way out of, everyone say, sin. Everyone say, prison. Jesus came to do one thing, and that's to set everyone free from the prison that they are currently in. And the Bible says in verse 20, he rolled up the scroll and handed it back to the attendant, and he sat down. You you could imagine the, the atmosphere at the synagogue, and everyone just looks at him. How many like being the center of attention? (laughs) I see a little tiny hand. (laughs) Me? It's usually candy involved. I I like that. But Jesus is, he's the center of attention right now. He's got all eyes, all ears on him. And then he takes opportunity one more time and he says, the scripture, this is so cool, this rocked the world. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Now we read that pretty quickly and that's a pretty good passage, but could you imagine being at church that day when Jesus read from Isaiah and he just said that all that's gonna happen, the gospel, the freedom, the poor are gonna, they're gonna be released, the captives are free, the oppressed are free, the sin, everybody is gonna experience freedom and today that verse of scripture, this day is fulfilled. Amen. Jesus said that the poor, the captives, the blind, the oppressed would all benefit from hearing the gospel, which is the good news. I want to say good news. We all need a little good news. Amen. Verse 20 says something here. Again, we're kind of just trying to construct a picture of Jesus. Verse 20 says that the time of the Lord's favor has come, or the acceptable year of the Lord, your Bible might read. And essentially, it's the time that God had appointed in order to show salvation, freedom. And it's an illusion, it's a point back to what's called the year of Jubilee. And really quickly, to give you some context, the year of Jubilee was just called the year of liberation amongst Israel. It was a beautiful season, it was amazing. It was appointed by God and it was found in Leviticus chapter 25. Now Jesus is saying that is being symbolic of his own saving actions. It's held, it was held every 50 years in Israel. And during, and during the year of Jubilee, the fields would lay uncultivated, unsown. People would return to their homes. Their debts were forgiven. Someone said, Hallelujah. It was the year of restoration. It was a year when people were put back in the right place. It was a year when slaves were freed. It was a year of some just celebration because, hey, we're gonna start over again and have a new clean slate to live off of. And Jesus said, you know what? It was celebrated every 50 years back then, but let's just point something out. It can be celebrated every single day that you live, can be a life that is free from sin, free from all the things that draw you down in a sinful life someone said amen amen he was painting a picture we're getting somewhere he was painting a picture of who he was and his intention now Jesus's intentions get messed up all the time his greatest intention you can argue it till you're blue in the face but blue in the face but his greatest intention was this he wants you to be free from sin that's it he wants you to know what it's like to be free from sin in the oppressive hand of sin in your life. That's his number one priority, just free from sin. Experience what the gospel can do for you. It was a time of amazing, amazing revelation for people that day. Jesus is just saying, I'm here. I'm here to free you. Let's look at the groups of people who, are, uh, who the gospel is presented to in this passage of scripture. We're getting somewhere this evening. He talks about the poor, he talks about the captive, the blind, and and the oppressed. uh, in a physical, literal sense, absolutely. The lives of these people are in the conditions that they're living in out physically. Yeah, they would benefit from the gospel. Absolutely. The, the physical, the people who are really poor and down and out and have very little, yes. The gospel is a benefit for their life. Those in captive who are in prison. We know prison ministry is very effective and very necessary because the gospel goes to those who are literally behind bars. Amen? Amen. So the gospel works in the, in the physical sense of somebody being poor, somebody being in prison, somebody being oppressed. It works. It, it helps them out. But Let's look at it in a, in a different sense. Perhaps as the intention of the scripture is not that the gospel only works on these individuals in the physical realm, but let's look at it in a metaphorical sense that the gospel works on people who are poor in spirit, captive to sin, blind to the truth, and oppressed by life. You might not think you are in any of those categories physically, poor, captive, blind, you might not think that that applies to you, but listen, it's deeper than just the outward meaning in the scripture. It's talking about things that go much deeper. And I really think in my, in my heart of hearts that if we were to look at the groups of people that Jesus lists who want and need freedom, I think you'll find them at Mission Point this evening. No, no, not me, not me Paul. No, 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 no. Probably. I think that if you look at these people and what their lives detail and what they experience, I think you'll find them even at Mission Point here. Jesus says he's come to help, help the poor, and I, I, I want to draw your attention to something. He's talking about poor in spirit. Remember Mark, Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, when Jesus is blessed are the poor in spirit? He says that. What does that mean? It simply means people who know they have nothing going spiritually well in their life, and they're bankrupt spiritually, and they know they need help. They know they need assistance. They know they need someone to give them a hand. How many know that you don't have to have anyone tell you when you're broke? You don't even want to log into your bank account. It's like, please, God, let that blessing come now. Oh, it's still empty. You don't need someone to tell you you've got no money, do you? You know you're broke. And the beautiful thing is, is that when you know you're broke spiritually, you've got a place to go. Listen, if you're down and out spiritually and, you're, and you don't know who Jesus is and you don't know what sin is and you know life is kind of messed up for you and you're tired of living in a prison of sin, I, I, you know what, that's an amazing place to be is to realize you're broke spiritually because Jesus has got all the money in the world spiritually to fill your account for you. Someone said amen. Jesus has come to help those who are spiritually bankrupt, those who just need him. He's come to help captive. Captive to what? Captive to their sins and behaviors that accompany it because I know for a fact, I've talked to a lot of good people. Maybe you're like that this evening. You want to stop doing certain things, but you just can't. You want to stop, but you just can't. It feels like, You have no power over it. You know, no saying. It's just like, you know, deep down, I don't want to do this, but I just do it anyway. I won't give a show of hands on that, but I think that people in the room right now feel what I'm talking about. If we were to get real down and honest, I think everybody in this room would struggle in some way, shape, or form. And Jesus says he's come to help those who are captive to sin. Those who have no authority, no dominion, no say, they're just, their lives can't break free from it. And Jesus says, I've come to help not just people who are in literal prison. I've come to help people who are in a spiritual prison, captivated by sin, and they can't get out of it. And he also says, I've come to help the blind, those who can't see truth. Those who are blinded by the sin in their life, those who are blinded by circumstance I've come, to help, I've come to help them. I've come to help the blind. Bringing, one translator says, the recovery of sight to the blind reads like this, bringing of prisoners out of the darkness of a dungeon into the light. And that's what Jesus does. The feeling of the oppressed, the oppressive treatment of sin, the heavy hand that you almost feel powerless over its will. You know, we all fit in there somewhere. We all find home in that passage somewhere. And if you find your place in that list, I want to tell you that Jesus came for you. Jesus came to say, you don't have to live like that anymore. You don't got to experience what it's like to feel. All of the oppressive, captivating, effects of sin. You don't have to be bankrupt spiritually. You don't have to be at the mercy of all the things that come in your life like that. Jesus does something for all of us today. He, ex- he extends freedom in a very deep spiritual sense. Freedom from sin. Maybe it's freedom from the bitterness of past. Maybe it's freedom from the oppressive hand of Satan. Freedom from the guilt of what your sin, we could spend some time there because we all know the the condemnation that accompanies sin, don't we? The heavy hand that says you'll never be forgiven. We could could camp there for a bit. The heavy hand that says, no, 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 even Jesus doesn't want to have you right now because of what you've done. Don't don't even try. I'm telling you, Jesus came to save the worst sinner among us. He he came to help the person who feels like there's no help at all. He, He didn't just read in Luke 4 and 14 for no reason. He came to set the world straight by being our complete Savior. So I think there are people in this room that you want freedom from some things in your life. But maybe you've lived with them so long that it's just a part of who you are. Maybe you just, you've been that way for such a long time that you just cannot imagine life without the issue that you have. Now, let's be real here. Maybe you've just been bitter for so long that life's always gonna be bitter. Maybe you've just had that reoccurring sin over and over and over again that you feel like, I'm just gonna have to deal with it. How often do we just say, I'll live with it. And that living with it becomes a prison that you put yourself inside of. I feel the Lord here this evening. I'm preaching to people who need to let the Lord free them of the lives that are holding you hostage to sin. In 1975, a man named Loris Hildenden, he appeared in a Portland, Oregon courtroom and he begged the judge to send him back to jail it's kind of odd (laughs) judge please send me back to prison send me back to jail Hildenden had spent 22 of his 45 years in prison it's a long time according to a story in Tacoma's News Tribune Hildenden had been released after doing a stint of forgery he found the ensuing eight weeks of freedom terrifying. So he tried to rob a bank. It's crazy. Rob a bank, and he waited to be arrested. He then asked the judge, the one who freed him, to dispense with any formality and just put me back behind bars. And he was quoted saying, I just want to go home. amazing. I feel the Holy Ghost. It's amazing what can become home to us. But can I tell you something in the Spirit of God? Just because you've spent so much time in a certain situation doesn't make that home. Just because you've lived a certain way so many years doesn't mean that's what you were supposed to live. Can someone say amen? Just because you've lived most of your life locked up in some kind of situation does not mean for one minute that you were meant to live there permanently. What's home to you right now? What do you wish you didn't have to drag around anymore but you've experienced it for so long, just a part of life? And you wish you didn't have to anymore. We're getting a little real, I know that. But you were never intended to drag that stuff around and live in a prison that Jesus, the judge, has said you can walk out of that if you like. The judge looked at that man one time and says, you're free to go. No more of this living behind bars. No more of this life in confinement. No more of this life outside of freedom. You can be free. But he'd been there so long, it was just Comfortable go back because it just feels comfortable. My dad and I, one time we were at the zoo, they tried to put me in a cage, but it didn't really work out that well. They said, you got to put that boy up in a cage somewhere, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) But I remember my dad and I standing and looking at this massive uh, condor, the bird, it was just beautiful, and here he was up on some artificial post in a box with plexiglass all around it. And we're just staring at this thing. It's staring back at us, probably wanting to eat us. And my dad, he isn't, he's not a man of a lot of words. When he talks, he usually has something good to say. I've learned that (laughs) growing up that I should listen when dad talks. And he says, you know, what a shame. I said, What's that, Dad? He says, never meant to live its life behind this glass cage. But there it is. Been there so long, wouldn't know what to do in the real world. Just been there forever. I want to tell someone today, and I feel the Lord with this, that you might be experiencing what it's like to have a life that is locked up. And you feel imprisoned to behavior. You feel imprisoned to the past, you feel a slave to certain actions and you just feel like, I can't imagine life without it, so it's just going to be this way for me. What, what if I were to tell you that that was not Jesus Christ's intention for you, but his intention was for you to be free from that prison? My pastor Brewer, uh, pastor Brewer my, my childhood man of God, father in the gospel, said one time, just because the devil says you've got to be that way it does not mean you've got to be that way. So I'm, I'm asking you in the spirit right now, who is it in this room that you need Jesus to free you from this, the prison that you feel is always going to be home? You can, come back to the, you can come back to the music. I'm going to wrap this up. Can you all stand with me right now? You raise your hands. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead, lift up your voice. Lift up your hands. It's, the Lord is really in this room right now. You understand, Jesus is in our midst to extend freedom to someone who's been dragging around Some lifestyle, some difficult areas, some past, some sin that you just feel like you cannot ever be free from. Jesus, let's pray, church. Jesus, we need you right now. God, there are people in this room who feel that they always will have the sin in their life. They'll always have the situation. They'll always have the feeling. They'll always have the hang-up. They just will never be free from it. And God, it's become a prison for them and that is not their home. That is not what you designed. That is not at all what you designed for them. You've designed freedom and you come into this room this evening, Jesus, and you tell us the door is open for freedom there's no need to feel like we need to live in a place of spiritual prison locked up never feeling like we can escape god you provided sin to be forgiven you've given us the way for our spirit lord jesus to be healed your spirit god is in our midst right now and you're calling and you're opening doors reaching for people who really need what I'm saying because they've lived with it for so long that they've just grown accustomed to having it and it feels normal but God, anything that makes us feel like we're imprisoned anything God that causes us to be bound and not have freedom is not a normal walk with you you desire freedom you've come give us freedom. You've come to give us life. Jesus. Amen. Church, raise your hands right now. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to somebody. I'm reaching to someone. You just, you just accepted this and it's normal, but I'm telling you in the spirit, it's not. God wants you to walk out of here knowing, hey, the judge told me I can be free. Jesus said I don't have to be oppressed poor in spirit. I don't have to be held captive to my sin anymore. I really can feel freedom. I can have an experience with him that frees me from my sin. Just a couple more minutes church. We we kind of let it wane out. I want you to raise your hands and just Connect with God's spirit right now. We, we, we need to just maybe press just a touch, okay? I wasn't long preaching. I want God to move in our hearts. Listen, let the spirit of God work on you right now, okay? Wherever you are. Keep those hands up. Keep your hearts intention on the Lord right now. I don't want to let this drift us by. Hallelujah. I'm putting it on you to, to connect with heaven right now putting it on you. It's not up to me right now. It's on you. Jesus, I don't want to, I don't want to have to deal with this anymore. I'm done. Jesus, I, I know, I know I can walk towards you and have freedom. Jesus, I I just need you. I need you. Come on, Mission Point. We're a, you're a well-seasoned church. You know what this is? You know how this goes? Come on, maybe you're an adult and you've lived a certain way for so many years and you know it's not right, but you can't shake the habit. Today, Jesus wants to say, that prison is not your home. That prison is not your home. Man, I feel the Spirit of God just urging me to walk out of this church feeling like you can't be free. Come on, Mission Point. Just a few more moments. Uh, Just a few more moments. I'm not trying to be rude or belabor something, but there's a spirit of God here that he wants to touch someone's life. I believe that. He's trying to tell you that what I'm saying is true and you don't have to live like that no more. You can have a sound mind. You can have a forgiven past. A fresh start. Play white clean the debt forgiven it is with stuff in your life that you're just tired of and you're like nope I'm not going to take that home with me anymore I'm leaving it I'm, I'm, God didn't tell me to take it home God didn't tell me to pick it up I'm not taking it home with me I'm going to leave here free I'm going to leave here with that thing at the altar that sin I'm going to leave here with that issue I'm, I'm at the altar I'm not taking it home the judge said I could walk out just because I've had it for years don't mean it's normal for you to have I'm leaving it here that's how you feel that's how you feel. When they sing right now, I want you to make your way up front. If you feel comfortable with that, I'm not going to make you come here, twist your arm. But if you feel that way right now, I want you to come up. They're going to sing, and you're going to say, Jesus, I'm going to take you up on your offer. I'm going to let you free me. I, I don't want to live like this no, no, no more, Jesus. And I want you to raise your hands and say, Lord, this is going to be a bit awkward for some of us you are going to say, Jesus, forgive me for living like this so long. I'm, I'm not trying to make you feel bad for how you've been, been living and accepting it. But say, Jesus, this is a powerful prayer, okay? When you say, Jesus, forgive me for how I've not accepted this invitation from you many times before. But tonight I'm serious. I want you to free me. And that's a powerful prayer of repentance. And it says, Jesus, forgive me for not trusting you. Forgive me for not letting it go. I release it. I let it go. I want to enjoy the freedom of my relationship with you. I want my soul to be healed. I want my spirit to be put back together. I want you to fulfill the purpose that you came to this earth for and give me freedom. So I don't live life in that prison no more. It's not my home. It's not my home ha huh. it is presence is my home hallelujah thank you for joining us today if you want more information connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca God bless you